0: Welcome to Circuitous Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 31 for April 4th? 3rd. 3rd. There it is. Sunday, April 3rd, 2011. Um, and today we're going to talk about games.
1: Yeah. Games. Do you like playing games, Dan? Uh, sure. Games are fun. It's a bit I of like a loaded it. statement, isn't it? I guess. Um, I don't think you and I have ever really talked about games. It's true. Um, and I don't really know if, yeah, you I know, it just sort of struck me. I'm like, I really couldn't tell you what, I guess we did talk about it once. You said that, I think we are talking about Tetris, and you were telling me about how Conrad is quite uh, adept at that game. Heather is a little
0: frighteningly OCD about Tetris, yes.
1: Right. But we never really got into, you know, your personal gaming preferences or history or what have you. Okay. And I was just curious.
0: Are we, uh, so we're talking the whole gamut.
1: I don't know. Game? You if you want to go like as as deep as sports? Were you ever a sports guy? Did you play sports when you were a kid? I played sports, but I always hated playing
0: sports. All sports? Um, yeah, pretty much. Wow. Uh, I played. Um, I played soccer. Uh huh. I played baseball. Like I played soccer the longest.
1: Like as like we're talking like little league, right? Like you know. Yeah this this would be yeah th-
0: that would be. And into middle school, you know, like a parks and Rec kind of thing mm-hmm. um, but I never really liked it, and my mother would always sign me up without me asking,
1: mm, yeah, I think my folks did that to me too, but and I can't it really always remember. drove
0: me nuts, yeah,' Because it would be like year after, and then one time, I remember my parents were going away on vacation, and they left us with our grandparents who were living at the house at the time um and uh, th- she signed me up for some sort of four-day soccer camp, hmm. which I went to the first day of, and I was so miserable, I kind of faked sickness the other two days. <laughs> uh-huh. It was it was pretty embarrassing, and it's still like this – I feel really bad about it now, but it just kind of pissed me off that – anyway. So, yeah, I was never a big sports guy, not in high school or anything, certainly. Uh-huh. Um, I was always more if, – if I was going to do anything physical activity, it was always more of an individual thing.
1: Uh-huh. Like what, like riding a bike?
0: I'll play with tennis. I'll ride a bike. Mhm. I was never a team sports kind of guy.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's funny. Um I I guess I guess my history is similar. Um, I never really got too into it. I I, I guess music sort of uh replaced the sports thing for me in sure. high school, you know. because uh, I you know, I was you know, the whole K through seven thing, um did, did a little bit of sports. I got into hockey for a little while. You school, like a hockey player. Yeah. I liked, I, I mean, I, I do like it. I mean, if you had to, you know, pin me down and tell me, you know, force me to go to choose a, a, you know, a professional sporting event to attend as far as the big four are concerned, I would, I would, you know, choose hockey. Um, but, uh, but I really don't follow it anymore and it's, you know, it's changed so much over the years, but, um, <clears throat> no, I, I always liked playing. We played, I played street hockey a lot. Um, like with the little ball, with the Milek ball. Let me tell you something. Yeah,
0: you in New Jersey playing street hockey. It's very uh-huh. Kevin Smith.
1: huh, I guess so. That's true. And I played goalie too. Actually, I think Kevin Smith plays uh, plays goalie as well. Yeah. Coincidentally enough, um, but then and then my my school my high school actually had uh, uh, an unusually talented fencing team. We were actually okay. really really good. We had like some sort of regional stuff. In fact, one of my Uh, family friends, uh, his, uh, so, so the friends of mine, you know, growing up, our, you know, our families were very close. Um, my friend, uh, Ari is my age. And then he had a younger brother who is my sister's age, you know, we're three years apart and his younger brother, um, was so good at the fencing. He actually, you know, he's like nationally ranked. He, if he had played his cards right, he, he got to go, um, compete in the Israeli, um, Maccabee games, which is sort of like, they're like sort of the Israeli Olympics kind of thing. It's kind of weird. Um, and he actually injured himself there. And I think if he hadn't done that, he was on the road. He could have, he could have, you know, competed uh, at the Olympic level if he wanted right. to, which is kind of crazy. But no, I, I tried that for a little while and I just didn't, uh, I think the music thing sort of took me up. Uh, that was right on the time when I got my first drum set and, uh. Actually, it's kind of, yeah. Now, thinking back, I met my my old pal Chris at fencing practice. He was a guitar player, and he was like that first, you know, the first other musician who I found a lot in common with. And, you know, he he and I were the, you know, he was the first guy that ever, like, invited down to my basement to jam, you know, guitar and drums kind of stuff. And, you know, then we went on to start a band and blah, blah, blah. The rest is history. But, uh, yeah, never really – after that, the only other quote-unquote sport that I uh, took seriously – uh, was was riding a bike? You know, I, I do like bicycles a lot, but I, I have a hard time, you know, considering that my interest—I wouldn't call my interest in cycling—you know—at the sport sportsmanship level, <laughs> it's more—it's yeah. rec- way more recreational. Um, and then you're I get
0: fairly serious. I mean, yes, but you're also kind of a serious biker. You're not like sit down on your seat and mosey along at two miles an hour kind of biker.
1: I I will do that from you time to time. Push it a little bit, though. I, I I can. I have in the past. I've gotten lazier as I've gotten older. <laughs> okay, uh, it's true, but that's uh, also because it's like it's it's been cold out, yeah, and you know you don't want to spend too much time outside. Um, but I have a feeling I might get back into it as my uh, as my setup changes over the next few months.
0: So so if not uh, working out sports wise, mm-hmm. you get into games now. You go to some kind of game night thing sometimes, right?
1: That's true. That's true. I recently have been uh, a participant in uh, a game night uh, that is organized by my friend, Pat, um, who I believe listens to this podcast. So he's been outed. Um, yeah, Pat Pat and I met a few years ago. He is a, uh, uh, a tried and true gamer. Um, he likes video games, but he also likes board games and even... The you know when 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 someone says the words board games, uh, I would imagine the general public would think oh Monopoly you know Parcheesi chess checkers you sure. know Scrabble conventional board games that you could walk into any sort of Toys R Us or or even a bookstore and and, and pick up right off the shelf. But there's also as you might imagine as you you, you probably know this there's a whole scene of uh, I guess we'll call them more specialized or boutique. Uh, board games, um, which I think is—I would guess just now, kind of off the top of my head—I would say it sort of branches off of the uh, the role-playing, um, card-playing style of games like uh, Magic: The Gathering or Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. You know those sorts now, of those sorts of things.
0: Now, where do you buy these sorts of games? Like are they uh, uh, Forbidden Planet kind of thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, more like specialty bookshops, uh, comic book shops. Um, I think in some in some areas, I know out in out in the the Midwest or out in like Seattle and places like that. There are some you know reputable largish, you know, full-on gaming stores. Sure, um, like in
0: Austin, Texas.
1: I, I maybe sure. I'm, I, yeah. There has to be one or two of them here in town too. I'm not really, I, I'm not that into it, but uh, I do know that they exist. Okay, and uh, and yeah, they have a uh, you know, there's it's a thing just like anything else. You know, people are into that, and I know they have conventions. Um, I bet you Comic Con is a great place to go uh, find those sorts of folks as well. Sure. But uh, yeah, so the the game night thing is is, is kind of uh, it's kind of fun. It's it's been we, I guess we've been doing it for a few months now. We we average maybe two a month, just you know, based on everybody's schedules and stuff like that. But uh, Pat has been doing a good job of introducing us to some of the more popular um, non mainstream games. Um, I guess the most popular one that lots of folks will have heard of uh, is called The Settlers of Catan. C a t a n. I don't know how you pronounce it. Some people say or Catan or Catan or Caton or I don't know, whatever, okay. whatever. But it's a it's a, it's an it's an older game. It's been around since the early '90s, mid '90s. Some German fellow came up with it. Um, Apparently, you can also play it online. Oh yeah, it's it's got a very um, widespread, I would say. In fact, I've been playing the uh, the iOS version on my phone. Uh, for quite some time now cuz after first getting getting a hold of it or you know after i first kind of got into the game you know we played it once or twice and i'm like oh this is pretty fun and then i found that you know the iphone version was like 5 bucks yeah. and i'm like that's not bad and then i just started playing it, and it's it's a fun way to to pass the time although uh, you know playing against robots is not as fun as playing against people but um, but yeah that's that's a fun time you know and it's funny um, coming around to what you were saying about the whole solo versus uh team thing uh something else um i i i cl- i would say i personally like um the social aspects the of of competitive gaming you know i like i like doing the team thing I like the idea that i 'm on a team against another team as opposed to the one on one i mean you know one on one can be fun for sure, but if I had my preferences, I would probably lean towards um, multiplayer stuff versus one-on-one stuff. Okay. Um, I don't know if I ever told you, I think I mentioned it maybe once or twice on the podcast, uh, but we probably never talked about it in super, super detail, but uh, I actually <clears throat> had a pretty decent amount of gaming experience. Um, I guess it was, must've been about 15 years ago now uh, in Chicago where I actually worked for a video game company um for about a year and a half or two, close to two years. Um what kind of games? Well, the company um was called virtual the Virtual World Entertainment Group. Um and it was video games. And this this company uh well I'll I'll, I'll tell the whole story real really quickly here. Uh so I was I was just out of school uh and I just picked up a, a a job at a post house that is no longer around and the post house was like two blocks away from this uh sort of like shopping mall area okay. in in chicago uh and in the mall there was this this like like a like a store i mean it, you know it's a storefront you walk in there um and then there's there's all this merchandise for sale and then these people walking around um with lab coats on and you know and monitors with lots of cool 3d graphics you know and exciting things on the walls and what have you and um it's basically like um, these little flight simulators, for lack of a better term. You know, sort of like a virtual reality flight simulator type of thing. Where these these folks basically took um, a very popular uh, pen and paper uh, board game called uh, BattleTech or MechWarrior. Right. Um, those are the two main you know names for it, and they basically turned it into this playable um, multiplayer simulation type game. So they had it, it, you know in the back behind behind the storefront, they had two sets of eight uh cockpits is what they called them, which are these you know these full on little simulator type cockpits with you know seats and screens and speakers and like a little kind of a sliding door that you could you can kind of close yourself in and Fancy. kind of yeah, it was really cool. Um it was a little expensive. They were like I think you know, 10 bucks for 10 minutes kind of thing. Oh, so you
0: rented time like it's... Well, yeah,
1: you play a game. You know, know, the game times are all 10 minutes, and then depending on how many people you had, obviously up to eight, and depending on the skill level and, you know, whatever whatever else is going on, you could do any number of variations of the game. Um, So this became sort of like a lunchtime uh, activity for me and a couple of my friends, and we got pretty good at it. You know, we started playing... Uh, a lot, and you know, a couple times a week. And as luck would have it, my my job at the post house wound up falling through shortly after it started, uh, because the the company went up for sale and nobody bought it. And I was you know fresh out of school and I didn't have a ton of experience, so um, I you know I I didn't have the easiest time finding uh, a new job. So the way it all worked out was I wound up taking a a job working part time at this place because you know they knew me as a regular and you know it was fun and. It seemed to seem like a really logical and they needed, you know, I think they just lost somebody and they just needed somebody on staff. So it all worked out timing wise. And, uh, it was really cool. So within the next couple of months, as I got to know it, um, they were developing, um, uh, the next version of, of, of the, of the simulator software and hardware. Like it was kind of a big deal. They were basically making this, this huge monumental upgrade. And, um, because the company, was based in Chicago. Um all of the development was done at their, you know, home base um you know in, in Chicago. So uh and I admit that's that's significant because at the time there were a good two dozen locations uh worldwide. Um there was there's you know there's a couple in California, there's a couple in Japan and Australia. Um uh, it was, you know, it was it was definitely um getting bigger. Okay. Um or it had some it had some growth. It had some popularity is what I want to say. Yeah, of course. So anyway, um but the headquarter all the stuff came out of Chicago. That's the that's the key. So we were like the the home location uh home base. And um let's see. Uh I'm trying to think back now what was what was the what was the uh the lin- Okay, so yeah. So then what happened was they came up with this new this new um Design um, for the cockpit and the software and all that other stuff, and they needed some people to help develop it. You know, to help test it out. So they asked the employees uh, at the stores, um, who obviously knew the stuff, knew the stuff really well because they were. Whoa, what was that?
0: That was my phone yelling at me. Apparently,
1: <laughs> silliness. Um, so, yeah, so uh, so yeah, basically got this this, uh, this freelance, you know, and it was, all, it was all freelance work or whatever you want to call it. It was like paid work to, to go down to the, you know, to the home office and, and play test. Um, so, you know, you work a shift at the store and then afterwards you get some food or whatever and then you go um, uh, try the stuff out at the, at the home office. Now, what year was this? I would say this was in 96, 96, 97. So how do these things look? How do they look? Well, the, the old ones or the new ones? The, I guess the new ones. The new ones looked like giant M and M's on their sides. That's what we used to joke about. Um, I, I,
0: I meant like when you were inside them playing them. How did the how did it? Oh, feel?
1: I thought you meant the actual design of the thing. Uh, they were really slick, man. Um, so imagine if you're sitting. Okay, so you're so you're inside the the thing, and the seat that you're in it's like it's like a like a nice leather you know kind of a race car style seat sure. you know it wasn't like just a hard plastic piece of garbage or wood or anything like that it was actually like a you know proper seat that you know could go in a car or something like that um and i want to say there were 12 speakers total okay. um with you know some obviously some subwoofers you know under the seat and at the bottom of the unit and so then, what kind
0: of a system was the game playing on
1: well, it was actually all very highly customized. If I remember correctly, the, 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 the main computer that was, the, you know, the heart of the, of the system was an old DEC, uh, you know, digital um, alpha. Um, no, it wasn't an alpha. It was a P. It was like a P90 or something like that. It wasn't anything okay. heavy duty, but this is back, obviously, back in the, the late 90s. Right. Uh, and they were running Novell NetWare as their OS.
0: So it wasn't graphics heavy, this game.
1: Oh, it was extremely graphics heavy. Really? Uh, yes, absolutely. It had uh, a, a, an extremely the most expensive component in the computer was this preposterously pricey um, graphics card that was used in like high-end CAD and industrial design. I think at the time it had like 32 megs of RAM or whatever, which back then was like a, nut, right. you know, a, a, a shitload. Um, and then they also had two sound blasters and then a custom I.O. board and then an additional graphics card for the internal. So so the way it works is so you're sitting in this thing and then um, there are at your feet two foot pedals, which are spring sort of spring loaded, you know, like uh, kind of like a gas pedal on a car, one for each foot. Uh, and then and your right hand is a pretty hefty, um, like real, real life. um Five button, four or five button, like flight simulator style joystick with like okay. a little four position hat switch on the top, uh, a, a, an index finger trigger, uh, and two different, oh, a, th- a thumb, a, lo- a thumb trigger, and then a pinky trigger, um, and then on your left hand was um, a lever, basically, uh, you know, a, a, a front, you know, two position or you know, two single axis, just you know, moves from from front to back lever, uh, which had a button on it, so that you can, you know, the button was for your thumb. So if you, you imagine you have your, your lever and your, you know, the throttle, if you will, uh, on the left hand, your joystick on your right hand, and then your feet are on the two, the two pedals. Got it. Directly in front of you was a high-resolution uh, display, but it wasn't actually, you weren't looking directly at the display. They, they used a really nifty refraction trick where the display was actually mounted at 90 degrees. Uh, right, like and they used was, to do
0: in video games.
1: Very similar, yeah, and then so that would and then this this thing would it would sort of magnify it and then distort it a little bit to give you a little bit more of a of a surround effect you know and it kind of okay. looked more like a windshield than a, than a flat screen or anything like that It was really cool, you know so it, made, it put it right in your face All right,
0: so, um, so the game you are driving around in one of those hang machines?
1: on there 's more i 'm not done yet, okay, so in addition to that um, below that below that primary display was your secondary display, which essentially was like a thirteen inch you know, VGA style, you know, 16 color monitor, but it was rotated 90 degrees. So it had more of a landscape, uh, sorry, more of a portrait uh, orientation than a landscape orientation. And that was your sort of your primary radar type screen. And that had a a set of buttons along the sides of it, which corresponded to various controls. And then um, the coolest thing, in my opinion, were five um, additional four inch green and black, kind of like, you know, old school ATM kind of style uh crts little you know green and black displays right so there's one up at the at the, uh, at the very top like you'd have to look up you know move your head to look up at this top top screen and then there's two pairs on either side so you know uh a top one and a bottom one on the left and on the right and then all of those had buttons uh associated with them as well and that those were used for all sorts of various controls depending on the game and the level of complexity that you chose so uh, they really went overboard with that. I think they really took it seriously, and they put a ton of time and energy and engineering into this. And it really, it was really freaking fun, man. It was really really cool. Um, and the, and the beauty of all this was that you're sitting in a room with seven other people, or seven right. other, these, you know, seven more of these things, which are all networked together.
0: A little LAN party.
1: Exactly. But now what's but, the name of this game? Uh, well, the games that we played, there were two uh, two official titles for it. Uh, one was called BattleTech and the other one was called Red Planet. Um and Red Planet was the game that really spoke to me. Uh I had, you know, fair fair to Midland, whatever you want to call it, uh BattleTech experience, but I was I was way more passionate and way more uh talented at uh at Red Planet, which was a racing game. So uh it, you know, it was just a matter of loading the software. I mean, both games were on all the all of the different uh, cockpits, but apparently
0: the, these were BattleTech centers. There's that's a whole right. Article on the Wikipedia.
1: Yeah, I worked at the BattleTech Center in Chicago's Navy No North Pier is what it was called at the time. Um, and yeah, it was it was tons of fun. So uh, the thing that I, the reason I brought all that up was was because there was a special, um, as I mentioned, you know, th- there's the you know the, the sort of for fun, every man for himself, free for all, you know, run around uh, type of game. In in, in BattleTech, it was sort of just like a you know, run run around and kill everybody else kind of game, and whoever right. gets the most points, you know, obviously wins. Um, and then in Red Planet, it was a race, so whoever scored the most points via going laps, basically. Uh, the The concept of Red Planet was was basically you're, you're, uh, you're racing along the canals, the mining canals of Mars, which are these long trenches, kind of like a trench run, you know, like in like yeah, in Star I can Wars. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, they're they're I don't know, several kilometers long. And uh, your vehicle is this little, you know, hovercraft that, given Mars's gravity, you know, didn't quite sink to the bottom so quickly. So you can kind of like do these nifty little bounces and, and you know, sort of. Ah, it was, there were tons of fun. And then they had these rocket boosters, which you could use to go really, really fast. But if you went too fast to the wrong spot, or you weren't as good at controlling it, you would crash into things, including Got the it. other players. Tons of fun. Uh, and you get you would get points by by scoring, uh by going from one end all the way to the other and back. So that's you know the more times you did that, the more points you got. So um, in both games, BattleTech and Red Planet, there were uh, team variations of the game. Uh, in BattleTech, it's pretty obvious. You know, you do the the two on you know pairs of two, uh, you know four pairs of two or or two two uh, pairs of four. Um, where it's you know like a like a kind of like a basketball game or or like any other sporting game where you're you're basically you know the four of you guys have to work together to to kill the other guys in in very serious competition which and that that's another thing that was really fun about this was there were so many people who were really into this that they they actually had uh, league events where like I, I compared it. Um, just so people can understand it easily, I compared it a lot to bowling. Uh, bowling is the kind of game uh, that you can't you can't go bowling at home. You know, you you, you know, if you want to do this, you got to go to the place where they do bowling, and then and then that's how it works. Sure. So you know, uh, bowling alleys uh, have leagues where people who are really into it compete and have fun. And I'm sure we've all seen the Big Lebowski and other examples of organized bowling. Uh, this wasn't uh, a lot unlike that. Um, and what was really cool about the system was that they even had the ability to, um, at least in the earlier version, unfortunately, the later version of the game didn't support this, but the earlier versions actually supported what was called a site link, which allowed, uh, two different BattleTech centers to compete with one another over ISDN lines. So you could right. actually be competing against people like in Japan or, or, you know, California, um, you know, in real time, which is really, I mean, you know, in the early nineties, that, that was unheard of. I mean, that was really freaking cool. Uh, that was a little before my time though. I never really competed in that. We, when we'd had our events, we would actually visit the other locations. I think our nearest site was in Indianapolis. So the Indy, you know, we had a sort of a local rivalry Indy versus Chicago. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, there's, there's international stuff as well. Uh, you know, people would keep track of the records and the scores and what have you, but it was just, it was really fun. You know, you had these whole, you turn it into you know a whole night or a whole day of, of gaming with, you know, like, uh, like any sort of a tournament with brackets and what have you. And people would, you know, p- team up and, and compete against one another. Um, the team version of, um, red planet was was called martian football which is a, a silly sort of name for it which is a four-on-four game where um each team has uh, a runner and the runner's job is to go from one end zone to the other just like in the normal game but he has uh the uh, the <laughs> the opponent's uh the other guys on your team so so each team comprises of a runner and uh, any combination of uh, crushers and blockers whose job it is to basically either kill the opponent's runner and/or protect your runner uh, although you know blockers that, that, that was how you, that was anyway how you, that was how you scored points so crushers would get points for killing enemy runners blockers would get points for killing enemy crushers uh, and then um, runners would just get points for staying alive and scoring scoring points. Um, But blockers could crush, you know, blockers could kill runners if they wanted to. They just didn't get the same sort of uh, bonuses that uh, a crusher would. And uh, it was super fun, man. Uh, I have some of my fondest uh, gaming memories um, were in that time for the year and change that I worked over there that we did that. And uh, it's just just a ton of fun, man. So, so multiplayer gaming to me, I, I prefer, so I prefer that kind of style where it's real time Um, you know, you can hear hearing, you know, the people who you're competing against yelling at each other and screaming and having fun. Um, that, that's, that's, that's how I like it. Um, there are, obviously there are other forms of, of multiplayer games, which are turn based, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, not necessarily, you know, you're still playing in the same room and you're still doing that, but you're taking turns and stuff like that. And that's, that's cool. But if I had to pick my very favorite, it would be, uh, the real time multiplayer, just kind of go, go, go type of game. Which is a lot, in my opinion, I mean that's a lot like a sport, you know.
0: See, when I was starting out gaming, um, th- there were some video games that I'll get into in a second, but uh, I played some D and D, a D and D. I played some Call of Cthulhu, really, <laughs> which was a Lovecraft-based. Uh huh. Yeah, which was actually kind of cool. So you would go investigate crazy goings-ons that were very Cthulhu-esque. You know, giant monsters and sewers and things that were so frightening that you died by looking at them, kind of things. Uh huh. Um, Or at least that was that was the idea. And it was all very Victorian, you know, the way it was it was written. Sure. Um, And my friend Jason used to used to be the essentially the dungeon master, but I don't forget what the how they were called in that. My sister used to come play too sometimes. Call of Cthulhu, that was fun. Um. But you know, for me. I had a, you know, we had an Atari, of course, when I was a kid. I had a Nintendo, played all that stuff. But for me, it was all about the, the RPGs on a computer.
1: Mm-hmm. Like Bard's so, Tale?
0: Like Bard's Tale. But even before Bard's Tale, like Wizardry.
1: Oh, Wizardry. Holy shit, I remember that. Wizardry, And I, Rogue. Remember Rogue? Yeah. Is that
0: what it was? Yeah. There was a Rogue? Let me think. I'll have to look it up.
1: I think um, it was called Rogue.
0: Yeah, I, I played Wizardry, the first Wizardry and I played the second and third too, but the first one was the 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 uh Proving Ground of the Mad Overlord. Uh-huh. I played that game so much that my mind blew up. It was uh I used to have um uh friends of mine were big Apple II guys, you know. One of them had a two C and one of them had a two E at home. Mm-hmm. They used to, they got me into playing we used to play uh Wizardry in fifth grade, during the lunch hour, the teacher used to let us play, you know, wow. at recess like nice. in the classroom. Sure, because we used to have like two E's in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to get it, but I had at the time a PC Junior,
1: right? With um, its wireless keyboard,
0: <laughs> right? Well, yeah, but the first thing we did was buy the wire for the keyboard. <laughs> but the um, so so I wanted to play MPC, but you couldn't find it at a normal store for PC, but they sold it. And I remember I sent away for it And I remember, it, I still remember it Arriving in the box And how excited I was
1: Was, that, was it Epics who made that?
0: Uh, no, it was Surtech.
1: Surtech. I'm trying to remember now There's also yeah. Broder, Broderbund and Infocom No, this, this one uh,
0: Surtech, yeah And then, was, uh,
1: uh, what was the one that began with an M Oh shit Man, this is taking me way back um. Never mind. Go go on. It's all right. Oh, um, I video games.
0: Yeah. So I used to. So they would play on Apple II. I would play on PC, and it was funny because the graphics were slightly different between the two. You know, this was one of those classic. You know, create your party of six different characters of different classes and and abilities, and then you go down and, and classically called a dungeon crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, is what these things are called. I remember. So you, you walk around a dungeon, you meet yeah. up with bad guys, and you kill them, and you take their booty. Right. You know. Sure. Um, but for some reason, wizardry, like, I can still to this day drop into a wizardry map, click around for like 30 seconds, and know what level I'm on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's you know kind of I mean? scary yeah it's, I know. it's
0: funny how that stuff gets just, just stuck in your head yeah well I, um, I think
1: part of it has to do with that age in life too you know yeah they're still like your brain is still technically developing you know? you're just I mean, like
0: you're like this little sponge i know um, i have these so, weird
1: memories of like gi joe and the transformers from all sure. those damn cartoons that i would watch
0: yeah uh so i used to play this game and i remember one time my sister was mad at me because i was playing too much or something and and I went, and she threw, she stuck my disk underneath the monitor to hide it from me. Uh huh. But underneath the monitor was also underneath a big gigantic magnetic source.
1: Oh no. <laughs> so and it, and it disc deleted
0: guy. my disk. Now it didn't delete my characters, but it deleted uh, you know the 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 disk, the the main the game data. Disc. Yeah, and I remember. Sure. Oh man, I was so mad at her. Wow! And uh, so I had to I had to send it in and get a replacement one from Surtech in the mail and blah blah blah, but I remember there was a trick where if you go down into the to the to the mines or down into the the maze and you fought and you all your characters died, mm-hmm. if you quickly shut the computer off before it went and recorded that you guys were dead,
1: <laughs> you could still save them.
0: <laughs> you could go recover them by using some kind of like utility to recover a, you know there was like this trick. Wow! Now obviously you didn't want to do this because there's a okay. chance that you couldn't get him back sure but you know this is what people would do however it's funny because on on apple uh some guys had figured out what the encoding was for the characters and their and their um and their uh equipment mm-hmm. so they wrote an app that you could basically stick in your character disc and then say i want this guy to have all of these weapons or these specs oh, nice. or whatever sure, you could sure. cheat essentially yeah um i never cheated on mine and i remember there were two weapons that were, like, there was one weapon that you, to- you wanted to get above all else. And it was called, uh, shoot, what the hell was it called? Because I never found one. <laughs> I remember I, f- I looked and I looked and I looked and I never found one. But uh-huh. I found one better, which was called the Mersama Blade. Okay. Which could only be used by samurai. Uh-huh. And it would do, like, you know, it was, like, five times damage and, you know, like, some crazy thing, you know. Sure, sure. uh uh, and anyway, it it was it was I was so into this game, uh, wow. and I and I won it, you know. And I did I played the next couple games, but they weren't nearly as good. But the first one was amazing. And then I went on to to uh, Bard's Tale and Might and Magic, which was another one that you kind of dungeon crawl kind of thing. I remember um, Might
1: and Magic, sure.
0: Yeah. So I used to play those games. So those games, honestly, are probably the like the moments of my childhood that I look back on most fondly are spending time playing those games. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I loved those games. Like, and, and I would still play that stuff now, except for the fact that they're just giant time
1: sucks. That's the thing, man. I never got into the... I guess the closest thing to those I ever spent any serious time on were all of the uh, Sierra Online titles. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, you know, Which King's we Qu-
0: discussed one other time, didn't I we? I think
1: we might have. King's Quest and, yeah. uh, and Police Quest. I used to play all the King's Quest and Space Quest. And, Quest, Police and, Quest. and Leisure yeah, Suit yeah, sure. Larry. I remember mm-hmm. when we bought Leisure Suit Larry, my friend and I. And we got some funny looks from the guy behind the counter. You're so naughty. Uh, yeah, it was funny. Came in a pink, uh, uh, like a fluorescent fuchsia pink box. Yeah.
0: I, You know, I used to, so I used to play those games. And then, you know, for years, I didn't touch any games at all. And then it was like night, uh, 2001, mm-hmm. 2002. I think it was 2002 when uh, the original Xbox came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of flush with cash at the time, living in this fancy apartment. And I... I was like, you know what? The launch is here in New York at Times Square at midnight. Hmm. I was like, and I had friend. I used to have friends over It was a Wednesday night, and I remember I used to have friends over to watch The West Wing. Okay, I used to have like a West Wing party every week. Yikes. and uh, at my place. Oh, I love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, hey, Jeremy, one of my friends. I said, let's go in and check it out. Like, even if you don't buy one, let's just go see what's if there's swag or you know anything like that.
1: Right, and then you saw so we, Halo, right?
0: Yeah. And yeah. and there was lines, but what they did was they gave you um, wristbands, mm-hmm. and you could go and sit in a bunch of restaurants they had bought out and eat food for free. huh? And then they would call, like, everyone who has an orange wristband, which was like, you know, Tony Hawk, such and such. Like, you can now yeah, go get in line. huh? And we went in line, and then they gave us, like, two free games for buying one. Wow. So I bought one. And it was fun. Halo was fun. I, I never, like, played all the way to the end or anything right but that was fun and the uh gotham racing project Uh gotham racing was actually a really good driving game um so i played those for a while and then i ended up modding my xbox with the chip Uh uh-huh since mine was the first generation it was easier than some of the latter ones sure um and you know i put a new hard drive in and used it like a media center for a while nice but but you know it's funny ever since then i don't Play a lot of games. I mean, I, I and even then, I would I played for a few weeks, and then I got bored of it, and it just kind of sat there. And if people came over, we would play. Yeah, but I've never been like the big gamer. Like, let's pick it up and play all the way through. What's the big war game that people play now? The what now? The war game? Oh, uh, Call uh, of
1: Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah,
0: that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I, that's
1: that's a first person shooter, though. I guess yeah. I mean, here's the thing: I people never really re- into that stuff. It's interesting. The first person shooter has a really. Deep history, man. Uh, I mean, you can you can trace it all the way back to what was it, uh, Wolfenstein or whatever? Sure, or, you Wolfenstein know, then was 3D. Doom, then there was Doom,
0: the original uh, Wolfenstein that wasn't in 3D. That was yeah, even the, fun.
1: That was a top-down Ach-tung! thing. Yeah, and had really weird sounds that would come out of the yeah. the Apple IIe squeaker.
0: You know, but but getting back to your multiplayer thing though, I never yeah. got into the whole. I mean I guess the the logical place for me to go is into the massive multi whatever the hell those things are called. Yeah, the MORPG.
1: Yeah. Um, I never but, really got
0: into those either. But it always seemed like if you didn't start playing on day 1, you were so far behind everyone else who had been playing for 3 years straight.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing about those that kind of game. The the, the, the it's funny making a sort of a segue between your uh, your uh, Xbox thing. Uh, I don't know if you, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the company Bungie. Yeah. Uh, oh, but wait, by the
0: way, I'd yeah. like to point out that I think that you can download wizardry and run it on Apple two e emulators.
1: Oh, I'm sure you can dude. And
0: it works. No, but like, I think somebody like they're kind of in the public domain now. So if anybody ever wanted to play, <laughs> nice,
1: uh, you that could go crazy. Um, But, yeah, Bungie um, was another company that happened to be headquartered in Chicago, at least in the 90s. Uh, They started out as a Mac-specific, like a Mac-only game shop, Um, really small, just a couple guys. Uh, Their first game was, I think it was called Minotaur, which is essentially uh, a first-person shooter. Uh, And then they they made their big mark, their big splash uh, on the Mac gaming scene with... uh, you know the Macintosh answer answer to doom at least in a lot of people's p- opinion uh a game called marathon right um, i remember just,
0: when mac people used to play marathon even in like the late 90s oh yeah i mean there was and
1: yeah, and, yeah it's i mean there's still people who play it today man it, there's something about it i mean it was a very fast and fun game i again i have like the worst first person shooter chops out there so i never really got into it but i appreciated it and i was you know i i i was around it um but what was cool is that um after Marathon, Bungie decided to, to you know to try a different style and they came up with this um this new game called Myth, uh M Y T H uh The Fallen Lords. And uh that was right around the time when I was working at Virtual World and I remember this pretty vividly. I was you know, Virtual World set, uh sent a couple of our you know gaming cockpits up to uh, a big nerd convention called Gen Con, which was in uh Geneva, Wisconsin. Um which is my first real, you know, taste of, of, of the nerd centric uh, gaming convention scene, you know, with with complete with like Klingons and chainmail and people walking around with meat on sticks and what have you. Um, and Bungie had a booth as well. You know, we had a booth and uh, and Bungie had a booth, and they were demoing the, these really early betas of this game, which just looked super fun. And I kind of became pals with one of the guys who was uh, who was demoing it and we, I guess, traded emails or something. Uh, and he invited me to be, uh, one of the beta testers. And so I was beta testing for that for a while and I just totally fell for it, man. It was super fun. And, uh, myth was, was, um, was sort of a third person perspective, kind of a top down sort of type of game, but it was different because you could, you had explicit control over the camera. Um, so, you know, there's, imagine a giant map, uh, which which did have you know boundaries? Obviously, you know there are corners and edges to the map, um, but you could only see uh, stuff that your units could see. Um, so if you you know if 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 the map is you know one kilometer by one kilometer, and you only have a handful of dudes, and they can only see you know fifty meters, then you can only see what they can see. Right. But you but you could you, you know, mean so the fog of war? Exactly, fog of war. They do uh, that
0: well. That's a good idea.
1: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, Because, you know, that encourages you to to play a little bit more smartly. Um, So they developed this whole, you know, narrative sort of first-person, solo, single-player version of the game with, you know, with a a little story and characters and what have you. But... um, but the real fun was 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 to be had online, um, and and Bungie I think was one of the first um, companies. And again, this was back in the the mid nineties, um, mid to late nineties, where they, they started Bungie dot net, which obviously now is you know a huge thing uh, with Halo and everything like that. But but Myth was the first. Um, iteration of that, where you had an account, like when you, when you buy the game, you, you're, you know, you're entitled to an account on the server and uh, you could compete against other players of the game, uh, either as a free for all one-on-one or uh, with team games. And this, this really terrific community started to build where, you know, people started teams. And then what was really cool was as the, as the game evolved and grew in popularity, Bungie sort of embraced that and and accommodated it, you know? Um, And they had these things called, uh, I think they called them orders. That was what a team could be. So you could actually like sort of officially attach your account to like an order, you know, so you're a member of this team so that when you were online, you could see if any of your teammates were online and then you can, you guys could all share a room together and then you guys could start a game and, and, you know, and then they even had, hold on on a second. You used to
0: share a room with a bunch of dudes. Oh, stop it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, a virtual room, silly. I understand. Yeah. Um, and that was a ton of fun as well. And then, you know, uh, because I was in So the, it's sort
0: of like your pod thing, but like on your personal but, computer. But at
1: home, exactly. So there's still the whole real-time thing. You know, the game had a, an explicit time limit. And, you know, there was in-game chatting and, Now, you did know. you
0: find, though, that, that that made it even more of a time suck? Because you were like if i'm not totally. online playing with these people then they're all getting ahead of me or you know no no,
1: kind of no, no nothing like that nothing like that it wasn't it wasn't cumulative i mean actually i take it back there was there was a cumulative aspect where uh there was a ranking system so where you know the the system kept track of how many games you played but they they did a reasonably good job of balancing it it got a little out of control towards the end or at least, i should say tor- you know when i say towards the end i mean towards the end of my paying attention and being active um but they did a pretty cool Concept of like using ratios, so like it didn't matter if you had only. I mean, I guess you had to play like a minimum of, we'll say, like a hundred games, right? But then let's say you're on game, you're you're on game one fifty, and you're playing against a dude who's played, you know, two thousand games. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it so that you know you weren't at this terrible disadvantage. Like if you won, he would lose a shitload of points, and you would get a, a shitload in, in exchange. Where but if you lost, you wouldn't lose anything, kind of right. thing. So I mean, it was. And there was a point where, like, if your rank was too low, you really couldn't get in uh, any of the, you know, the big games with the good players, but you could work your way up, you know, so so you could play with the lower level guys who weren't, you know, no, mo- most of the time they weren't that good. Uh, and if you were good, you could you could gain your traction pretty quickly. Um, but that was only really in the single single player thing. And I didn't really care about the ranking thing uh, too much. It was for me, it was more fun to play with my friends. Um, And, uh, yeah, and we had some, some really great times, you know, I, I, again, I look back quite fondly on those days and, and uh, it's funny, someone just posted something where apparently they, they've ported that over to OS 10 now. So if you have your original myth, um, disc, um, actually it's for myth two, the sequel, um, you can actually, and, you know, and I think Bungie has since open sourced the, the Bungie net, you know, myth server software. So someone has a third party, you know, thing doing the same basic system sure. uh, and it's and it's taken on a life of its own man. there's tons of like modification packs with different maps and different units and sound effects and so and have, you, have
0: you ever jumped into the modern console thing
1: I have actually let's let us i will finish my little history with, with okay. that and um, in um, in about I guess it was about 2005 shortly after I um, started working at Apple um, the Nintendo DS uh, started to get really popular, and uh, by the way, I
0: tried a 3DS the other day. Buddy mine had one.
1: Oh yeah, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, I've seen ads for it. I haven't actually held one in my hands. It
0: it looks you see 3D. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Anyway,
1: go ahead. So yeah, um, so the Nintendo DS, um, it, you know, I, I, I'm uh, for those who don't know, is a it's a great little hand. I would call it the the modern in, incarnation of the Game Boy. Um, It's basically, you know, like a little handheld system. There's a shitload of titles for it. You know, in the Nintendo um, way, there's, you know, there's a huge range from games for, you know, moms and sisters all the way down to. To, you know, to hardcore you know nerds as well. Isn't uh, it
0: true that you can actually play old games on it?
1: Uh, the uh, the original ones, I think the the original game. Uh, sorry, the Nintendo DS and the DS Lite, which is what I had, had a, a a third like a slot on the bottom, the secondary slot, which you could put Game Boy Advance games in. I think Game Boy okay. Advance was the last of the Game Boy um, handheld consoles. Cause there's, I mean, Game Boy, I think historically speaking, dude, the Game Boy is, is technically the most successful gaming platform ever just because right. it had been around for so long. And that meant, you know, so many people bought it. Uh, I'm sure Pokemon had a lot to do with that as well, uh, with the kids. But, um, anyway, uh, the, the, the game that, that became, uh, the game to have was, was Mario Kart, Mario Kart DS. Right. Which is a multiplayer racing game. Now, Mario Kart, if I remember correctly, he's been around for a really long time. I think I remember seeing it played on the old Super Nintendo, yep. uh, which is either a two or four player game. I think Super Nintendo was like the first platform to support four players, if I remember correctly. Although the other really awesome four player game on Super Nintendo was Super Bomberman 2, another amazing, fun party type game um but that's you could
0: you could link these things up correct
1: uh yes well since since the nintendo ds has uh an 802.11 wi-fi card in it for wireless you could seek other players uh and play games with them wirelessly so suddenly yeah exactly so suddenly you know let's say you've got a uh you know, a couple of pals who all have the game and who are all hanging out, like waiting in line or, you know, just having a, a little break at lunch or whatever. You could have a little pickup game. And the nature of, of uh of the of the team that I was working with at Apple, um, because of the fact that we were on the night shift, we all kinda had our lunchtime at the same time of the day when, when the store basically went dead at you know at the middle of the night. So we would get a game of anywhere between four or six I think we had maybe seven or eight players at the most. That was really cool about what was really awesome about Uh, the DS version of Mario Kart, was it was the first version to support up to eight players. Um, Previous versions only supported up to four. So the fact that you could be sitting around a room with up to eight dudes, you know, all with their little handsets, it was Staring tons of fun. Staring at your thing, not
0: talking to each no. other.
1: No, well, yeah, yeah, no, but you're yelling. It, this this was the first first time in years that I was, you know, at that point it was would have been almost seven or seven or eight years that I was reminded of the fun um, of Red Planet, you know, of of playing it back at, at BattleTech Center, you know, because you're sitting in a room with a bunch of guys playing playing the game, uh, and you're all yelling at each other and having a fun time. And, and now and, you're doing and it, it
0: for two hundred dollars of hardware a piece and
1: not. Yeah. 20, yeah. 000. Exactly. Exactly, and it was super fun. Uh, you could even do it online, but it was it was lame. The online version was lame. So writing that sort of way, that I mean, that that you know, once I left my job at Apple, obviously that didn't really that wasn't as as much of a thing. Um, but when the Wii, the Nintendo Wii came out, um, I guess a couple years after it came out, they released Mario Kart for the Wii, and based on my fun uh experiences with you know mario kart ds and after seeing all the cool videos and and previews and hearing all the great things about it i decided it was time for me to buy a wii so that i could play mario kart wii uh which supported up to 12 players and had actually they, they had sorted out the online thing so that the latency wasn't that bad and 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 you can have fun games with your friends um so i bought a wii uh, and Mario Kart DS, and for a couple of months, uh, we, we you know I, I hooked up with a bunch of my old Apple buddies and some other random friends, and uh, and I did that for a while. But um, you know, times change, and I still have my Wii sitting here, but I haven't turned it on in in months. And uh, I think
0: that, that seems to be. I mean, it's the the only gamers I know who are serious gamers and actually use their consoles all the time are Xbox 360 players hmm. who play things like call of duty and that kind of thing Hmm. i know a lot of people who have ps3s and nintendo wii's who rarely turn them on
1: yeah i guess if i had to think about it uh i would i would have to agree with that
0: for some reason it seems like the 360 is the one that the serious gamers were into
1: yeah i think the if i had to guess as as to why it would probably be because it was out
0: earlier than the others what's that it was out like six eight months earlier well, than the others.
1: Not so much that, um, because Nintendo caught up. I mean, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of wees out there as well. But what uh, what Xbox got right first and, and and continues to 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 have is is the whole online aspect.
0: Yeah, the um, online thing is big, and yeah. it's supposedly easy for if you're a PC gamer, uh, PC game uh, creator. Yeah, it's all DirectX, right? So if you're creating a PC game. Supported over to the Xbox is easy. Yeah, which yeah. is one of the reasons. They, I mean, they, so there's a there's a built-in advantage in that they have all the PC game developers right can can move this stuff over like nothing.
1: In a similar fashion, yeah. To, and supposedly um,
0: the DirectX stuff is. I mean, Microsoft has always gotten the software creation side of things well. Yeah, I mean, everyone always says that their tools are the best. When it comes right. to that kind of stuff, so it's interesting. I, you well, know, that comes something to do with the it. Same th-
1: I was going to say the same thing can be said about um, is what we're seeing with um, what's it called with Apple as far as um, you know people who develop applications for the iOS. You know, yeah. for but no for, one says that
0: I, that Objective C is actually that easy to
1: write. No, but but what's really cool is that if you're an ex- let's say you're an experienced Mac OS developer mm-hmm. and you've got you know Xcode down, yeah, it's um, it's, it's in you there. know learning how to make a an, I, an iOS version of your software yeah. or starting from scratch is you have a huge yeah. advantage, sure, which is cool. And then so, I guess so finalizing it, the the last you know the the current my current state of gaming um, is is actually kind of, uh, I mean you know I, I like I said I've been playing this this iOS version of the Settlers of Catan. Uh, and then I also do uh, Words with Friends, which is a uh, pretty fun uh, multiplayer, uh, you know, uh, version of Scrabble. Uh, and then I also—it's it's illegal, is it not? No, it's not illegal. Did you they can... get? Did they get permission, or did they change it enough so that it's no they, longer? They've changed. They've changed it just enough. Actually, I got to be honest. The 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 official version of. Of Scrabble, the Hasbro or whatever it is, I actually bought it when it came out. You know, a long, long time ago. I liked the
0: app when I had an iPhone. The Scrabble game was actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, there's a couple of things that about it that I really liked. It was a little, little bloated. But uh, it's evolved. I fired it, took it up. Took a long for, time
0: to start up, as I recall. Yeah,
1: I fired it up for the first time, and you know the fact that it's integrated with Facebook was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so you can do you know you could start a Facebook game on your phone and pick up for it where you left off on the computer and go vice versa, uh, and then from a game just a mechanical standpoint, like the way it would tell your score while you're while you're plotting a move, and then you could look up a hist- you know the history. Um, although it had some strikes against it, I, don't, I didn't like the fact. That, man, the, my problem is so the two games that I I, I still like a lot in both real life and on the computer are uh, Scrabble and Boggle, you know, word okay. games, um, it, you know, the computer uh, versions of them. And actually, believe it or not, I started both of them on the Nintendo DS. Um, Cause you know, they had them out there. Um, and then I eventually, when I got my iPhone, it's funny. So I got my iPhone and then all of a sudden my Nintendo DS became useless <laughs> because I, you know, I could play all the games that I was playing on my Nintendo. Uh, well, that seems
0: phone. to be the big, the big jump, right. Is to the, Unless you're a hardcore gamer, and even now, the chips in these new phones are good enough that even if you are a hardcore gamer, I mean, it used no. to be you'd have to get a little PSP or whatever the hell. No, it's, use, it's right? true.
1: It's true. They're really really good. But, yeah. Uh, the point I was going to make is that um, they've turned into different games. Um, yeah. So so because like the the for like take Boggle for example, uh, when you play a digital version of Boggle. Uh, one of the the first thing that you notice is that all the letters are sided properly. You know, when you when you're playing di- actual Boggle, you know, with the di- with the little letter dice and the little cube and what have you, and you put the thing down. Part of the challenge is is that the letters are in any which way, any you know, any which orientation. You know, they're right. you know, they're not just neatly set up in a grid that you can just see all the letters. And you, you know, you can't spin it around and manipulate the board like you can so easily. On Certain the, people uh,
0: are good at looking upside down.
1: Exactly. Uh, so that's one aspect, and then the the ability to just sort of to, to to brute force the system and guess at words, you know, you could. I've I've scored words by accident, you know, by miss mistyping um, or miss misentering the uh you know the word, and then next thing you know, you've got all these words that you know you wouldn't have normally submitted if you were playing with a pen and paper, and then that's the other thing. You can get these insanely high scores because you can you can enter these words so much faster than you could write them down with your with your hand. Um, so that you know that that's one thing that sort of, it, it becomes a different game. I'm not saying it's not as fun, sure. but it's totally different. And then the same thing with Scrabble. Uh, with Scrabble, you know, you, you're able to sort of brute force it in that you can, you know, the game won't let you play a letter, you know, a word that might not be a real word. And in the real world Scrabble, especially amongst really um, experienced and accomplished players, uh, the challenge You know, in 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 the game of Scrabble, like there's you know there's something called a challenge. That that is a huge um, tactic. You know, being able to 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 bullshit your opponent and you know play a word and then have them take the chance on challenging you because if they challenge you and it is a word, then they lose their turn and you get to play again. Uh, You know, and that's that could be that could make or break a game. Yep. So that whole aspect of the game is is not present with uh, with the digital versions.
0: It's true. Yeah. And it's funny. A lot of people. I mean, obviously things like uh uh birds uh what's Angry Birds.
1: Angry Birds.
0: That, I mean that's I mean I've played it, I've played a bunch. It's fun. Uh-huh. It's it's not rocket science. I don't know if it's gonna be around in five years. You There's know a little bit of rocket science in there. Well okay, yeah. I guess it is more rocket science. You don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and it's um but it's funny, it's almost as if casual gaming is growing by leaps and bounds. I wonder if complex gaming is
1: changing much. What do you mean changing much?
0: Like, my sister will play Angry Birds. My sister's never going to play Settlers of Catan.
1: How do you know? Well,
0: I just... I know my sister. But you understand what I'm saying. Oh. Is that, like, there, there's plenty of people who will play Angry Birds because they sit down on the subway and they just flip this Fling the things. They don't have to think about it. Sure. Um, and I think that that's a growth thing where... I know plenty of people who play Angry Birds or any number. What other games are there like that? There's other
1: games. Solitaire. Doodle Jump,
0: yeah. Fruit or Ninja, the, the Fruit Ninja, yeah. And then there's that cool one, the cut the plants rope. versus zombies. Plants versus, oh yeah. The the what's the other one like Plants versus Zombies? Uh, 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 Farmville. Farm. Oh God. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of people who will play these sort of like kind of somewhat nu- uh, mind numbing games. Yeah. Well, far-
1: Farmville is. I think that's, that's literally grown. past that's the grown time. Into, yeah, that's grown into a different beast altogether because there's some social yeah. aspects to that.
0: But you understand what I'm saying. That, mm-hmm. that 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 whole uh casual gaming thing has really blown up yeah. in the past couple of years that applications on phones have become a thing. Agreed. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I you know, I had I just reinstalled Android on my phone just now, so that's what it was yelling at me about. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing on here, but uh you know, I'll play Angry Birds every once in a while.
1: Yeah, well, it's free on the on the Android, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. It's ad supported, which is yeah. the other thing. Now you could do ad supported games that don't cost anything,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that's a thing. Or they're ninety nine cents. That's a lot different than paying twenty thirty dollars for a game.
1: Yeah, that's that's another hey, huge. If
0: I could play Wizardry on my phone,
1: yeah. Actually, Have you there was it up? a game like it. Yeah, there was <laughs> a checked. similar
0: game like it. Uh, somebody uh, had made a while back for it's actually for it was when I had an iPhone. Uh, nice, some dragon something or other. It oh. wasn't bad, actually.
1: I'm trying to think now. So coming back around, Zork, did you ever do that oh. one? Yeah,
0: I was a big Zork, yeah. Open the mailbox, take the draw letter. Your, hand draw your maps? The, uh, yep, climb up the tree, grab the golden egg from the, yeah. yeah lift yeah. up the carpet. Yeah. What about, okay, what about... Kill, kill, um,
1: kill troll with sword. <laughs> and lord of the flatheads or whatever. Which um, one's that? I, well, I think, as or Frobaz something or other. I don't remember. Or, or there's orc repellent, or Gru repellent. I can't remember. Been too long. Yeah. Um, what about um Load Runner?
0: Uh never played.
1: oh loved Load Runner, man, uh on the Macintosh, on the original Mac uh hours, just hours and hours. Almost, oh, I think oh, it was around I, before then too, though.
0: I got another one. What's that? Uh um did you ever play <laughs> This is this is hardcore. Uh-huh. Um did you ever play uh Trade Wars? Yeah, BBS's sure, dude, totally, dude. And Yankee Trader, did you ever play that one? It was kind of like a lowball uh, no. trade wars.
1: I played it. It was a drug one, you know, where you had to you had to do, um, you know, different, you know, you were like a narcotics pusher, and then you would travel from different cities and different, you know, keep an eye on the different rates, you know, in this. Yeah, town, yeah, yeah. That kind I of. I mean, shit.
0: I think they were all essentially the same. Yeah. Thing, but yeah, I used to play. Uh, I used to play Yankee Trader and Trade, Trade Wars on a oh, couple man. of BBSs. Let me see if Yankee Trader's on here,
1: too. They were door um, games, man. And the BBSs, they called them doors because they were yep. sort of external software yep. programs. Um, I mean, I, you know, you'd know, you have to do like a time lottery so that you get more time to play the damn door games. Yeah. Holy shit. And, and,
0: and the man. more elite you were, the more, t- you know, you could. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Man. oh, man. Uh, I, in fact, at one point, I actually installed some BBS software on my own machine so that I can install Yankee Trader and play locally. And just play locally. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. That's nerdy. hardcore, bro. That's yeah. hardcore. Yeah. Oh, I about, forgot about those, man.
1: What about um what was the other game I was just thinking of that I had a ton of fun with hours. Um shit, I can't remember. Uh, I'm just trying to think of old of old. Uh, oh, Spectre, man. That was it. Spectre. Uh, yeah. Spectre and Spectre Supreme. Actually, I think I tweeted about it not long ago. It was this really fun. Um, you had to, you could either do third first person, third person or top down, depending on your preference. Uh, it was a grid and you're riding around this little, you know, like, you know, Tron like kind of car and you'd shoot. And you know, you just run around running and shooting basically. You know, it's really fun. Ah, oh, I see um, that. And it it's was one really of really f- bad graphics. It oh, makes. super it was old school vector like vector esque graphics on a Macintosh. Yeah. But um it was also the like the, I think one of the very first LAN games that I uh ever played, if I remember correctly. Like if you had another friend yeah, yeah, who yeah. had a, a copied the game and you guys had a little Apple talk, you know, local. Apparently talk there's an
0: iPhone version of Spectre.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah, I uh, I'm not a big fan of. of games. I remember
0: one time I went to um, uh, my mother and I went to some guy's house to get our computer. What I forget what it what which what it was, it probably the PC Junior because we had upgraded the PC Junior with um, this company made this thing that went on top and added a second hard drive and you can add a lot more RAM.
1: Uh huh. It's
0: like Ranco or something like that. You could you could basically like bake your PC Junior into a, a PC and. Oh, and right. It was pretty neat, actually, the way this – it was some add-on thing we had. And um, we went and – I remember we had to get something fixed, and this guy fixed his stuff. And uh, I remember going to his house with my mom because he, like, li- he worked out of his house, and he had a crazy living room full of crap, <laughs> including an original Battlezone game. Jesus, remember that where you like with the, looked with, like, in a periscope or whatever like a, it yep, was. Yeah, yep. like the tank, and it was all super vector. Like, that, yeah, it was that, all that
1: seer- vector shit is really cool. I love like oh, original. That stuff old looks school beautiful. Vector. Oh my god! Like, you know, asteroids is another classic. Example. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I just it just it brought me back to this weird. It feels like a dream now. Yeah. When, you know when it was that I was. Anyway, just totally. something on the side there. Yeah. Man. Um, but nah. yeah, so.
1: I was just going to say the I could never imagine playing Specter on a on a phone. All all the 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 sort of racing or game, games that require any kind of like dexterity um yeah. without without a dedicated controller um, just don't work for me. I don't like the the whole touchscreen thing just doesn't Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't feel well,
0: right. I mean, I think that's the problem even that bringing it around to the end mm. here is that Heather you know plays uh, Tetris on the iPhone which Ugh. is very very different than I playing could, Tetris on
1: yeah.
0: with a controller.
1: I can never do it.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I mean she's really good at it, but it's yeah. funny. I'd I'd like to see her play with a controller where she couldn't just manhandle them. Yeah, you know, like yeah, she's yeah. gotten good at tapping and flipping. Uh, yeah. which is very different than left and right and up and down. You know. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, just games. I don't play nearly as many as I used to. It, you know, to me, I guess my final word on this is that. Games, are f- they're fun, but I never found them so fun that I was willing to give up the amount of time that they require. Hmm. After, at least after like Wizardry and those. Those I would still play all day long if I could.
1: <laughs> right. yeah. I, um, I guess modern I,
0: games, it's like they're too complex or something.
1: I guess... I, I don't if have I did, time. I, I'm just thinking about it now, and if I had to make an analogy, I would say I think, I think my, whatever you want to call it, my attention span or my interest level in games is similar analogous to the way I get involved in uh, bands or, you know, individual musicians, you know, like, like like I want, you know, you go through these phases where you, you find this new artist and then you down you know, either download or you, you acquire all of their stuff and you listen to the crap out of it. And then however long it takes, you know, until you get either find something new or you, you're, you know, you find something else that you want to do. Yeah. Um, I would say that that's, Gaming sort of is is you know fits into that same mechanics for me. It's the, the, my brain works that treats games the same way as the, as it does musicians and artists and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's you, you jump from one to the other, and some yeah. people are really into it and waiting for the new ones to come out. It's just it was never part of my life that I cared enough about, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say I'll never you know spend another you know I'm never going to let a game dominate all my free time. It could happen, um, yeah. but I, I don't see it happening anytime. Same I
0: think way. I lost interesting games once the web came around and you could just suck information. You <laughs> just
1: <know>? read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can read things. Like I per- I'd I'd per- much rather spend
0: two hours on Wikipedia than play two hours of a game. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because yeah, I just you just jump around and I just I like learning. I don't know. No, I, or I, or dude, making stuff. I'd like rather learning spend two hours too, taking pictures sure. somehow.
1: Yeah, I'm it's funny, but you know how sometimes you're not motivated though? Don't you ever get like just, sure. Just bored or, you know, you, you don't want to. Usually
0: wanna... if I'm depressed like that, I just want to sleep. I don't want to play a game.
1: Well, you know, you could, you could do both. <laughs> <laughs> now, if there's a all game right. that you could play in your sleep. Yeah, that's that would be the thing. next thing, man. So totally. gaming
0: people are. We're going to get some comments and they're going to say we're pussy gamers.
1: All uh, right. We'll just stack them up with all the other comments that we've gotten.
0: Well, we're going to try to get some of this one. Uh huh. Uh, we'll have to check our numbers to see if we sold a lot last week.
1: Sold a lot? <laughs> what, you know what are what we? Mean? What are we selling? I don't know. <laughs> All right. So but, um, uh, next week. Yeah, I'll will speak to you next week, Bill. We'll
0: be back, and thanks, guys, and uh, we'll see you soon. Indeed.